the tomahawk saga we are here with i like to movie movie my name is dan scully my name is garrett smith and dan as you can yeah okay i want to know no other details but i do want to know i would be happy to know going in what is the title on screen of f9 colon the fast saga f9 Okay, all right. I, but actually, if, if I'm being honest, I don't even think that there's a title card. Whoa, okay, gotcha. Yes, that yeah. has become a trend lately where you just like never actually see the title just of the goes movie in, you're watching. Well, it, it opens in like deep flashback. Yeah, okay. okay um, gotcha. it, it opens in the past and the previous. Yes, and yes. and they use like the old Universal logo and like old oh, looking fun, film fun, stock fun, fun, fun. Uh, to represent that it's like the 70s. Yeah, cool. And so, yeah, so I think they just kind of dive in that way. Okay, okay. But man, oh man, that movie is something to I watch. I can't oh, I, yeah, I won't say anything about it. I can't uh, in terms of plot, but I will say that uh, it's certainly an improvement over eight. That's good. I don't think it captures the five through seven magic. Yeah. Um, but it like I think is aware of the fact that that's not a, a you know that lightning has escaped the bottle. Yes. Yes. And so yeah, it's got some meta text. It's it's got some uh the action's just so imaginative yeah but to me the ridiculous like, it's, it's dripping with melodrama it's love tons it. of action love it but that's not what why you go why you go now is to see all of the bubblegum and paste that they use yes. to make sure that any possible continuity-based question that you can ask has an answer yes it's probably a stupid answer yep. but there is always an answer i love that i know and there's so much of that in this movie and it is a delight i love that <laughs> imagining the the like franchise at this point i just like picture the car that dom is driving backwards to keep the fire from making it explode in cuba in the beginning yeah. of fate you know it's like at this point in the franchise the whole thing is on fire and they're doing things where they got to do a 180 and drive backwards to keep it from fully exploding. You know, honestly, I forget who's because I didn't read any reviews until afterwards. It might have been the IndieWire review. Yeah. I forget. But they made the, the thing like it's it's at the point now where it, the, the smart move isn't. All right, let's get this thing corralled. It's faster, harder, yes, yes. plow through because. Yes. The only way we're not going to fall over is if we just keep moving. Yeah, and I, that's the evidently the right decision because it's I, dumb as balls. But man, oh man! And, and here's the real the real thing about it is I was at the theater. It was me, a uh, friend of the show, Steve, and former guest Emily. Uh, nice. And so, and we're all like super gleeful and super excited to see this. Every single person in that theater was bubbling over with excitement to just be at a movie. Like when I was walking into the theater from the bathroom, there was just like a middle-aged guy walking out of the out of the theater and he had the biggest smile on his face, <laughs> just so excited to be watching Fast Nine. Riding the escalators up to the theater in the gallery, I saw there was a guy in front of me, Hawaiian shirt, and he was like kind of popping like this and he had a shit-eating grin on his face and i was like he's going to see fast nine i know it and yes. he was he was in yeah. our theater and that vibe 
like this movie really catered to that vibe and so it, it could be garbage I, I am not in a position to tell because it was just such fun I mean I even remember seeing fate on the big screen I went with Joe Bell a uh, friend of the show <laughs> who I, I think has been a guest on our show at some point in the past. Yeah, yeah he was he on Man was. of Steel with, uh, that's with right. uh, Satoya that's right uh, and uh, Joe and I had a blast and it was because Joe and I were there to like celebrate what we loved about a, about the Fast and Furious movies as we were watching one. Yeah. And that was my first time since becoming a fan that I saw one in theaters. Like yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. seven with you, but that was like a new experience for me. Yeah. Eight was like, I've seen them all now. I'm in love with this. Now I get to watch one and relish yeah. the way that it Which is, is such a, Fast a special experience. Yeah. So like I I am very much looking forward to getting to do that again with this movie, especially as kind of the first, you know, back in theaters movie that that I'm doing, you know. So it's, it's fucking crazy. Man. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty <laughs> exciting. I can't You're wait. You're gonna have fun. I can't promise that you'll come out of it being like, that was good, but you're yeah, gonna come yeah. out of it and be like, that was the movie to see. I mean, I, I was joking with the Too Fast Too Forever podcast on uh, on Twitter yesterday. They were asking their fans, like, hey, what do you think the title of the movie is actually going to be? Joke, uh, the thing that you and I were just joking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, I mean, I legitimately hope it is F9 colon the Fast Saga, only because, like everything else, I want it to make the least sense possible. Yep. Like, that's where we're at with these. They've already had a naming convention that doesn't make sense. Keep going. It's what you were <laughs> saying about they'll, they'll, they won't fall over if they just keep getting crazier. Just keep it's like, plowing through Keep it. going. Like, yeah, I, I would love it if it's called because it, it's called F9 the Fast Saga in all the trailers. Right. Now, if you look it up on like Fandango, it's just F9. F9. Yeah. I would have loved it if the if it began and it was just called like Fastrius 11. Yes. They yeah. don't even give a shit. Yeah, they're okay. just going. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm very it's, excited. It's nuts. And I will advise that um, there is a mid credit sequence that okay. uh, you're, you're not going to want to miss. Great, great, great. Yeah. And nice. and. Out of the maybe 15 total lines that Vin Diesel speaks, uh, you're going to get like two of them. Awesome. I remember everything about my father. Oh, he says father like five times and he can't say that word. I love it. It's like a word he can't. There's so many times though where he's like monologuing. Yeah. And it's like, man, you got, I know that you, that this is like your fucking erection, this whole series. Yeah. You got to give these lines to someone else, dude, because you sound insane. It's also like I've seen him in other movies. I know that he can pronounce words and deliver them in ways that I can understand. He's not in these choosing not to as the character Dominic Toretto. It's, you know? it's it's a weird like it plays almost like Vin Diesel has some sort of a mental decline right. that has caused him to to not enunciate and like. Of all the weird character choices for Dom, I just can't imagine that being one where it's like, no, it speaks to yeah. something or other. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's he's something. Like, he's like, it's... we all he's like, we all remember when sparks came off of my head in Fast 7. Yeah. <laughs> I have ceased to be able to speak appropriately since then. Dude, if you thought that there was a scene <laughs> that deserved sparks coming off of his body yeah. in Fast 7. Hell yeah. Have I got a fucking, <laughs> have I got a magnet car to sell you? Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> this shit's nuts. But it's cool. It's like good to have Justin Lin back. Um, yeah. Although I got to say, even though he's the architect of the series and he like made a lot of my favorite entries. Yeah. Um, direction wise, I was hoping for more of, of like the James Wan feel. Yeah. Seven has some, and so this isn't that. Yeah. But there's like, there's some moments in it where I was like, 
there's some really great filmmaking happening right here. I, I think Lynn's tremendous. He's a really good filmmaker. Yeah. And there, there's just a couple moments where I was like, you know what? Under all this explosive bombast, there is a language of cinema that he is speaking very, very fluently and with style. And in a way that like, you know, because he gets the material and the material gets itself, you can almost just like forgive the larger previs moments because they're all glued together by like actual legit movie making craft. It's yeah. it's really impressive. I, I like him a lot. Is it film? I think it's film spotting. Uh, maybe around the time Seven was coming out, they were going through the series and talking a lot about it, and they came up with this term. Uh, I think they called it Zen Chaos, which yeah. is the zenith that the best of the Fast and Furious franchise kind of reaches are these moments where it's like what you're watching is crazy bombast, but you're like there and you're in it and you're with it. And you're, and I think Lynn is kind of like, he is the guy from this franchise that kind yeah. of like figured that out, you know, like how to get you there as an audience. The, the highway chase in yeah. uh, Furious Six is yeah. really, I think the best example of that because it is, it's absolutely insane, but it's on its own rails yes, despite yes. being completely off the rails. Right, it's, right. it's all in that moment yeah. and you just get it. It's yeah, it's cool. So I, I'm very excited about this movie, really, honestly, mostly because it's his return to the franchise. Like, I am looking forward to seeing that 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 aspect of it. He's welcome back. It's a yeah. it's a beautiful looking movie, even when it's a silly looking movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's so goddamn stupid. And it's just the best. Not to make this whole show about a movie I haven't seen yet. But did, did the my other question, I guess, is, did you feel like Chris Morgan was missing? Because I believe this is the first one that he hasn't written since like the second or third one. It's tough to gauge because it's yeah. like there is this weird. It has a couple meta elements that it plays for humor. I don't yeah, want to yeah. say too much, but it yeah, like has yeah. a couple moments where characters behave a certain way or call out a certain trope in the series sure, okay. in a self-aware way. Yeah. But I think what this movie seems to understand about itself is that like we're sort of beyond structure at this point. Yeah there's too many pieces and like so the issues i had with it all came in terms of like why was that scene placed there yeah it's yeah an odd pacing choice or an odd like information release choice but then i go there's nowhere else to put it because somebody dumped their bucket of toys on the table right and we have two and a half hours to to get this all sorted out and so like structure is just not it's not not a concern, but it's one of those things where like it's almost a cheat where I'm like, I want to call out some of the pacing here. But like, where do I get off doing that? Like, I, I don't know what the correction is. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Know. So like I couldn't even tell you, like the action delivers, the melodrama delivers. Yeah. And that's that's yeah, where I mean, it's that's, at. That's you what know, we're like, there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's any good. Kind of, so like speaking about the script, it's like I, I it's hard to judge by the script because everything else seems to have come first and then the script is just like how we're going to assemble it and you know like i just said the it's just well and that wouldn't be it's beyond it's 52 pickup it's everything's out you know and that wouldn't be inconsistent with where we are in the last few movies of the franchise anyway yeah exactly it's there's so much going on but once again it's so thoroughly considered yeah yeah every possible thing where you go wait a minute what's Boom. It's it's they 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 have some sort of line to address it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Not always a good explanation, but it's there. And like this is not a spoiler, but I I just want to like to point out the thoroughness. There's a scene where Shea Wiggum, uh, who was last seen, I believe, in part six. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
he's in it. And one yeah. of the gags is that he has a really busted up nose now. Yes. Because he keeps getting punched in the face by Paul Walker three yes. movies ago. Yes. No one mentions the nose. Yeah. No one calls out the nose. That's great. In fact, uh, both of the people I was sitting next to in the theater was like, why does Shea Wiggum have a wonky nose? And I was like, lest you forget. Uh-huh. I remember that running gag. Yeah. Three movies ago. Yeah. He got punched in the face. But like the fact that they gave that much thought down to giving him a prosthetic Owen Wilson nose. Yes. Just, just because just because of what literally you and I having this conversation yes. now and I I cannot feel anything but respect towards such thoroughness even yeah. if like anytime you go but why did this happen they go well because you go, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right it's because yeah. but like they had they've thought of it all right and that's that's right. more than I can offer a lot of unwieldy uh just unwieldy plot uh plot houses of cards <laughs> yeah. it's like it's wild Oh, I'm but excited. I it's can't rickety, wait. but it ain't falling over. It's just yeah, not going to happen. And if it does fall over, there's a bunch of hulking men with giant arms to stand under it and hold the pieces. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's I it's mean, a great reason to get out to the movies if you're feeling good about doing such a thing. We're all but guaranteed, you know, two more of these at this point. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that this would have to tank incredibly hard in order for there to not be another one or two of these movies, you know? I mean, one is already happening like underway, no matter what. you know? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's going. Yeah. Um, I, this is going to be huge, though. Nobody wants to miss these movies. Well, and especially as, again, like kind of the return to theaters. It's like, it turns out this kind of is the return to theaters movie, like even yeah. more than A Quiet Place was, even more, you know, it turns out this is the one where it's like, it seems like, if people wanted to go pack a movie theater, this is the first time they can do it since 2020, you know? Yeah. And, and I think people probably are, are going to. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it stands to reason this is probably going to make some fucking money. I hope so. Really. Cause I, I it, it brought after eight, when I was like, all right, we're out of juice. This yeah. one, I go, okay, you know what? If there's some juice. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. We're Come not, on. you know, we're not full. The tank's yeah. not full, but yeah. like I got another quarter mile. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. All right. But uh, okay. anyway, speaking of deep franchise entries yeah. into beloved franchise, we are here to close a loop on another franchise that we've been through. Now, we went out of order with the Die Hard series. Like uh, fully. Partially, fully out of order, partially because uh, guests have their preference of Die Hard sequels. And partially because I believe when we did A Good Day to Die Hard, which was five, um, it was more about when summer blockbusters go wrong. Yes, yes, yes. And so we skipped over uh, what is called in America, because we have New Hampshire, uh, Live Free or Die Hard, and what is called internationally Die Hard 4.0. right? Because of computers. Yes. And um, this this movie is is very much because of computers oh yeah like the first one like i'm gonna blow up the building and steal the money the second one i'm gonna blow up the airport and steal the money yeah the third one i'm gonna blow up los angeles and steal the money the fourth one i'm gonna blow up the internet and steal the money and then the fifth one why are you in russia this doesn't involve you i'm not leaving yeah so you know it's it's, it's slightly different by that one oh man i am excited to talk about this movie because i do think the american title ends up kind of playing into the movie in some interesting weird ways right like well, it is like it does, at least in terms of like surface level franchise uh, rules. Yes. We have we took the like Die Hard 2 is the official title, but the right. slogan Die Harder sort of after the fact became like the the de facto title. We call it Die Hard 2 Die Harder. Yes. Um, yes. 
so that led into now we've got to have a phrase yeah so yeah, we yeah. have die hard with a vengeance which love that title yeah i don't no know what it means, means. well no. i guess i guess it in terms of like gruber gruber two wanting revenge okay right okay but yes. even so we come to learn that much like his brother it's not what he said it was <laughs> right, it's, yes, it's yes. a heist again every single um, movie yeah so yeah live free or die hard that one probably makes uh the least amount of sense because it's just the state motto of new hampshire where none of the <laughs> movie takes place it does feel like though and i mean not to like get too heavy into it right off the bat but it oh let's is, get into it i mean this is like a bush era post 9 11 movie yeah and it does feel to me like it's a bit of a rah-rah america movie in a way that like the other ones are not and so the title live free or die hard i do kind of buy as like it makes sense for the title of this die hard movie oh yeah this die hard movie is kind of about like america as a big state and what that means and what it should do about itself to like protect itself as it stands right now new hampshire is one of the like freer states in terms of it has a lot of libertarian politicians yeah and all of their laws are essentially about individual liberty is like what right. a lot of it's based in so in hindsight it does sort of tie in but it's weird it is interesting now that we are let's see uh 14 years removed yeah this right, right 2007 so, yeah so and that's the craziest thing about watching something like this to me is that like you watch it and it has a certain amount of dated elements for sure. Totally, yeah. And you look at that and go, oh, yeah, but this just came out. No, it didn't. Right. We're as removed from that as that was from the diehard before it, you know, yes. it's, it's, it's really fascinating to see, but in 2007, you're right. We were very much in the put a flag on everything. Yeah. We are America, you know, big, and you know, there's, there's good and bad to that. You know, like yeah. we no longer have collectivism, um in such a sense that's probably not the right word like we, we no longer have this big american identity that a tragedy like 9-11 granted us right right but we also you know are moving away from like populist idea or nationalist ideas yes that come as a byproduct of such things yes, yes. so it's a really fascinating thing because it's like it comes down to there's this great line from Justin Long's character. He's that so is, good in this. He's so funny in this. Yeah. That uh, is meant to make him sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist when he was like, no, no, no. The news media is run by corporations. Yes. And these are corporations that their interest is making you afraid. And yes. If you're afraid, you're divided and you buy shit that you don't need. Yep. And the movie sort of dismisses that like what a conspiracy theorist in present day it's like no no that's just proven fact yeah it's just proven fact that's the uh, there's a line later the, uh, this movie rubbed me a little bit the wrong way and, and it's but it's along the lines of what you're talking about uh like there's a line later where uh justin long is going off about like this is what the system is designed to do and McLean responds, it's not a system, it's a country. Yeah. And it's it's meant to be, and I get what they're doing, it's meant to be a very kind of like humanist moment for yes. McLean, right? Yeah. Like he's like, these are fucking people. These are, stop thinking about he's like- He's saying our, our ideals are what's important, not yeah. the city, yeah. And, but like the way that that comes off, because again, it's like we are like 14 years later and some of this stuff has been revealed, I think a little bit to be like, oh, Justin Long's not the crazy person in this dynamic. And it's like, what he means is it's a system that's designed to like hurt people and protect itself. And so for McLean to respond, no, no, it's not a system there. You know, it's like, it's a bunch of people. They're Americans. It's like, he's doing the thin blue line thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. 14 years later, that becomes a very like pro cop, pro authority, pro authoritarian kind of 
oh yeah line and so it's like there are things about this movie that like kind of rubbed me the the wrong way in that regard only in as much as like i don't i never thought of mclean this way before this movie like mm-hmm. in some sense mclean is weirdly like an anti-authoritarian character especially in the first one and i think they kind of keep yeah. that up he is still a product like he is a cop of the reagan 80s yes you know he is still very much like in in because in the original Die Hard, there is sort of a streak. I mean, like, he walks into the room, sees two guys kissing, and is like, oh, California. Yep. And, like, it still has that streak to it. And, like... He's meant and, to be, like, an East Coast blue-collar, kind of yeah. boomer kind of boomer guy. Not quite, but... That was kind of before we had the concept yes. of what... I mean, he was a, defined as a baby boomer just right. by his age. But uh, that was before we had... De- sort of defined a stereotype to associate to it right and which puts a, a, a in hindsight now puts a bad taste in the mouth but lest we forget post 9-11 it was a very right-wing time oh, yeah. for america we were very much into the idea of no 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 let's be militaristic yep you know rah 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 which you know we saw in the rambos of the 80s yeah. so that's where mclean differs is that in the original Die Hard, he's less of a nationalist and more of an individual. Yeah. But he is still very much informed by and subsequently validated by shoot qu- shoot first, ask questions later. Always, yeah. So, like, whereas I think that the live for your Die Hard, and, and with the caveat that I kind of view all the Die Hard sequels as fan fictions of varying <laughs> yeah. quality just because... John McClane is hardly consistent. Yeah. And unfortunately, the one thing that I think is consistent is what we would now call a boomer identity. Yeah, and yeah. It's in full fucking force in, in Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. And because that's a more contemporary and American set Die Hard, it, it puts a rumble in your tummy to watch it from present day. It's, it's fascinating. I, you know, I was thinking about this a lot because like the day I watched it, I was really like, whoa. Cause like the first half hour and we can go through the whole thing, but like first half hour I was in, I was like, I, this is what I remember. This is great. It's, it's doing the diehard hits. He's yeah. MacGyvering things in order to do big set pieces, saying one liners, like I'm here, I'm in. And then it was like a series of like boxes that get ticked off where it's like, any other movie, one or two of these things, I'm like, yeah, I write it off. But it was like, it was like one, two, it was like they kept happening. You know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. he makes a little bit of a racist joke. He makes a little bit of a sexist joke. He doubles down to make another racist joke. He doubles down to make another sexist joke. It was like they kept happening. Then he's like talking about like, then he's becoming more of like a boomer cop supporter character. It was just like, the more, the more it happened. He definitely has a stronger streak of that in yeah. this entry because like, you know, I would assume that, that, that a John John I almost said John McCain. I would know that a John McCain yeah. is bigoted. I would assume that a John McClain is uh is is bigoted to a degree. Yeah, yeah. And uh but I feel like uh how should I put it? The original John McClain in Die Hard seems to me that he would probably be a guy who's not above a racist joke, enjoys that kind of thing. I agree. But would also be the type to just be like, pump your brakes, dude. You know, like, don't be an well, asshole. I had, the and thought. in this one, it feels like, whereas, like, he would make like jokes, uh, you know, where you know he would make jokes that that, you know, I think could be conceived as racist, and you know, are I think pretty like funny in the moment in terms of timing. Yeah, but it feels it's so hard to say this without coming off as, as an asshole. Whereas John McClane in Die Hard One probably could play the nines and hack it 
you know, with some of the most offensive jokes out there. Yeah. I think he would recognize when someone's being an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's a line that probably more so for you than me, but there is a line in Live Free or Die Hard where it's like, he's definitely kind of being the asshole. And I think that the movie is trying to, on, on one hand, depict him as such because his family has left him his daughter won't talk to him <laughs> right. and he's clearly a bitter dude yes. who has made some wrong choices so yes, like yes. it is sort of commenting on the fact that what he's doing is not like who how he comports himself is not necessarily the most savory thing but in that it's written to be funny and i think in some degrees is funny causes a mishmash of those tones where you go wait a minute it are we validating his asshole or are we commenting on it? And it's a tough call. It occurred. To I hope that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I I, I think this thought um, kind of like follows up and follows through on that kind of nicely. It occurred to I was really thinking about it because I was like, I was like, really, no, I like the day I watched the movie. I was like, I couldn't. You know, again, it was like those dominoes all fell. And I, by the yeah, end, yeah. I was like, I can't believe this. But but thought, my reaction was when the dominoes fell. I was like, whatever, punch something. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I had a great time with it. But I do get it. Uh, well, I then spent all week thinking about it. I was like, why did this upset me so much? Because I do, I I have liked plenty of movies that have like upsetting stuff like this in them. And I can not ignore it, but acknowledge it and just yeah, like, yeah. And, and then continue enjoying it. You know what I mean? But I couldn't with this one. And I was trying to like consider that and think about it. And I had two thoughts that I think are, are relevant to what you're just saying. One is, I think that John McClane in the first three movies, I agree with you, probably would make a racist joke. But also I think what he would do is make this the exact jokes that are written the way they are in this movie, but in a way where I, I think literally Bruce Willis would perform them in a way where we would get the impression that McLean is making, using these words in this moment to get a rise out of the villain that he's fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he would be, he knows he's being racist and it's partly because these things come easy to him, right? But it's, it's also partly because he knows it's going to like enrage the person that he is like fighting. He feels more playful about it. He feels, For lack of better term, in, in this in, one, he feels a little more mean about it. Yeah, in this, that's the Th thing. That this, said, I do think that a lot of those lines are are employed. Like he he calls the um, Mai uh, yes. when he when he's Maggie talking Hugh. to her, uh, talking to Tom Elephants, her her yes. significant other, yes. and he was like, he calls her an Asian hooker bitch. Yes, and like that. Okay, really threw me. So he is certainly invoking the stereotype of the Asian hooker. Yeah, yeah. He's using a dismissive term by calling her a bitch and he's doing this to piss this guy off. Yes. And I think functionally it works in terms of it does piss this guy off, but tonally it's not in that playful sense that a diehard with a vengeance John McClane does. He and I can't decide whether it's the performance or just the fact that it looks contemporary and I'm closer to it time-wise. I do. It's I want to such a tough call. I know. And I do. I want to address that because that was the other thought I had, but, but, but to, to, to run on that really quick, I do think that's what it is. It's Willis's performance in this movie and he's not bad. And I don't even think he's like not doing McClane. But yeah. he's definitely a little more just like Bruce Willis action man than he yeah. is like John McClane, you know? I will and, say that I thought he's pretty good in this, at least in terms of his energy. Yeah, Because totally. he's been very sleepy in a lot of movies. And, like, it's very clear that whatever the writing and performance, he showed up for this one. Totally. And that was really great to see. But he, like, I do think he delivers a lot of that stuff in ways that comes off like, oh, this character now means this. 
Like this yeah. character isn't just saying it to get a rise out of somebody. He also means it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's fair. I think that makes sense. And, and that was where it was like rubbing me the wrong way. And I think that's a lot of Willis's performance, maybe, you know? And, yeah. and because cause then the other thing though is that like the 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 Asian hooker bitch line wouldn't be so bad on its own, except that he had already called other women in the movie bitches, I yeah, think yeah. twice in the movie at that point. And so it's like it's no longer just I'm saying this to be mean to this guy. He's already told us that's actually how he feels about women. You know what I mean? It's like, and so like the defense would be, and I'm not saying this is the defense yeah. that I'm out. The defense would be that he has burned the bridges with all the women in his life. <laughs> yes. Totally. You know, um, it's just that the movie doesn't necessarily land on him having reconciled that. Yeah. Yeah. It just lands more in him saying like, I should allow my daughter a little more freedom. Right. And it's like, okay, that's a good place to be. But yeah, that's a we that's a creaky platform upon which to to establish such a thing. Because yeah, I when when you were like texting about it, I was reading through the text and I was like, you know what? Like this all tracks. Yeah. But I can't like it just doesn't bother me as much as yeah, it bothers which you. Is and I was worried. Yeah. I was like, I'm afraid Garrett's gonna come to this episode. Oh no. Like so angry about this movie, and I, no. I'm not gonna know what to do. No, no. But um it, it, I like, think it enraged yeah, it, it like enraged me in the moment because I was like, I cannot believe this, you know, because I remember liking this movie like oh, yeah. a lot, you know, and well, so it was like, in the moment for me this time around, it like shocked me and tickled me. Yeah. But I had that that roll of the eyes that you do when you watch yeah. something from like the 80s. and You're like, man, times have changed. Dude. OK, so that's the other thing, because I was thinking about that. I was really trying to put a lot of thought into exactly that. Like, why can I watch something from 1982 and not care when they throw like homosexual slurs out, right? Yeah. Like, why am I okay with that? Not that I'm okay with it, but the, why can I let that roll off my back? Why? But I can't do that with this movie. That's as you said, it's like 15 years old at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's not. It that just recent. looks so contemporary. Like, well, there's there's not a lot about it. I think that I mean I'm not gonna say stylistically it looks contemporary, but like it takes place in the present internet day in a way. You know. But I and, also, and it just feels like a new movie without but, being one. But I also I think that the thing that I thought about all week and I, I finally like thought about this today. This is what came to me today is that, you know, a movie from the 80s where they're throwing around homosexual slurs. I don't really actually hear homosexual slurs in my everyday life or even see people using them online or see them come yeah. up. Any, like we actually are far enough away from that. We've stuff moved beyond it yeah. that I can look at that and go, man, that sucks. But and so th and thank God we've moved on. The problem with this movie is all of the stuff that I have problems with in this movie, we have not moved on from. Like, I think that's why I found it so upsetting was that like, it is 15 years ago. And I actually feel like we are, if not in the same position, a worse position than we were in regards to these specific and particular things that were so upsetting in this movie. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. racism towards Asians, uh, this kind of thin blue line argument that the movie seems to be making. Not that the movie is making, but that like, McLean kind of falls into, I think, in some of his ethos in this movie. That's a better way to say yeah. it, that that character falls into in this movie. And so anyway, that was why I think, like, I was able to parse a little bit why this was so upsetting to me versus something else. And I do think it's just feeling like the world has not moved on from the stuff that I find, like, problematic in this movie. And so, like, maybe 15 years from now, when, God willing, we actually fucking are moved on from some of this stuff, it won't seem, you know what I mean? Maybe I will yeah, get yeah, to yeah. watch it and be able to, because I don't think it's so bad that it's like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe anybody likes this. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not something like that. But it, but it was, 
I did, I definitely felt it, you know? And so I was trying to consider why, and I, I think that's gotta be it, that it just, to me, it doesn't feel like the world has moved on enough from this, you know? I think like where it bothered me is, is partially just because it's like, you know, like I, there is a status quo that must be maintained in a franchise, but like yeah. I love and care about John McClane so much that I'd like to see him develop. Yes. And it feels like a little bit of a step backwards, but yeah. I'm going to invite you to take a more positive uh, uh, approach to what you just said, because yes, I yes. had that thought and because I was like, I was reading the, like what you had written about it, it was like, I, I actually feel like it's, whereas I, I, I think that we are, we have access to a lot of information that it creates the illusion of certain things getting worse in terms yeah. of, of just the way we speak about women and Asian people and all that. There's more of an eye on it, but I think that the fact that you can watch something like this and have that reaction speaks to the idea that the sea change has begun to happen and is happening. Um, that in I 2007, totally if you were like, oh man, it's kind of what he said about that is insensitive, people would be like, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah. And so like the fact that now, and I'm very much a person that would be like, the, all right, whatever, dude. Yeah. And yeah. like the fact that now it's like, no, actually there's, there's a point to be made here. And, yeah. you know, and so I, I think true. that that is indicative of it because, you know, there was a couple points where I rolled my eyes when he said, I was like, all right, all right, my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and by having that, you know, it occurred to me like, oh, that's kind of cool to see like what our action heroes look like is different now. Yeah. You know, and some better, some worse, but like there's a far cry from a McLean to a to a wick. You yeah, know, yeah. There's yeah. a there's a difference between, you know, a McLean and <laughs> Although I got to say, uh, as evidenced by Fast 9, Dominic Toretto is actually a homicidal person who gets off <laughs> on murder. So maybe he's not the best comparison. But, I, you know, like the flavor yeah. has changed. You know, the, the the days of commando are behind us. And I think yeah. Live Free or Die Hard sort of represents like a death throw of that type. That makes which sense. I think is a lot of why part five doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Because in part five, we're past we're like, that bro, leave, just yeah. leave. Yeah. You don't have to be in this action yes. scene. You weren't yes. invited. You weren't drawn into it. You're just following it in your car. Leave. Yeah. You know? And so like, it, it's, it's a slightly different motivation now. So that would be my invitation is, is I, to, uh, to like say, that. take some hope in the idea that, that the fact that we can call it out and can understand that it's dated speaks more to where we are than just the onslaught of news designed to make us upset. I, I definitely appreciate that. That, that, that does, that is very helpful. That is a nice yeah. thing to hear and consider. And I do think you are at the same time right about that comes with the caveat of, you know, the, the work doesn't stop. Sure, more to do, always. And always yeah. more to do. There's always more to room do. for improvement. And so that's just indicative of, hey, progress yeah. is a slow thing. Yeah, I like that. But you just got to you gotta grab that ground as it comes. And I think having that distance from four shows like, hey, there's a little bit of ground there. Yeah. Plenty more, but plenty behind us. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, by the way, I do, I have nice things to say about this movie too, that I think we. this is a nice place and time to transition into. Oh yeah. I have other criticisms. This movie rocks, dude. I think that I have other criticisms <laughs> that'll like come up as we go here, but like this is also a good jumping off point. Exactly what we were just talking about actually is I do think as a concept, the idea of John McClane versus the internet is actually kind <laughs> of a good idea. Uh, oh, yeah. Because like, again, at this point, it's it's not a mistake to play him as an older man that's losing touch. Yeah. That's actually, a that is a good development for this character. And to then have the older man that's losing touch 
have to face a threat that he is not in touch with is kind of interesting. Like, that's actually a good concept for this movie. And I think, again, especially in like the opening half hour, I like a lot of like what they're getting at there and like how they're doing that stuff. It's pretty fun to watch, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, it's I mean, the whole thing's based on a Wired article. Yeah, I saw that. And it's a Wired article that is essentially I have not read it. But if I if if I'm to guess and I could be completely wrong here, it, it's essentially the idea of just like if we prop everything up on digital structures, there's a very real way to to pull the bottom link out of that. Right. And have no tangible structure upon which to stand. I assume you know, it was like a you can't delete paper. You can burn paper. Yeah. yeah. You can't delete paper is essentially the thing. And so it stokes this idea of like, you know, like I I I don't ever use cash. It's very yeah, rare yeah. that I when I go to the halal cart, I use cash. But yeah. they just got a square reader. So yeah. that's done. Yeah. And so like it, it's it's all digital. Therefore, it's all imaginary. Therefore, if somebody goes in and fucks with those ones and zeros, yep. my worth is gone and I have nothing to touch to do that. That's very scary. Yeah. I and did- so I think that's what the Wired article is about is the idea of just we're standing on the shoulders of giants and those giants are digital. Yeah, I'm wondering, I actually had the same thought. I meant to look it up and didn't. I was wondering if it was like an article that sort of describes the fire sale concept. That's like, hey, here's a scary scenario now that we live in this like digital world that, you know, could be a reality if we're not like careful to protect ourselves. Because I feel like I see articles like that all the time now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, the latest technology, here's the problems with it that we should all be scared of, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm assuming that that's like what that article was. But I do, because it is, I... There's something interesting about I was thinking at some point towards the end of the movie, they describe exactly that this scenario in which like, hey, we pull the plug on like all of the credit unions and everybody gets set to zero. And I was like, this is the plot of Fight Club, a movie in which I think they kind of rightfully go like, that's actually a positive scenario. Yeah, like that's not be. a scenario to be scared of. That's them wiping out your debt. I think uh, uh, Elephants is the hero of this movie. Maybe I did. I actually did have that thought at one point. That was the- Coming out of this movie, like I had such a fun time watching it, and yeah. like I really had a great appreciation for it as like a really great action movie. Yeah, that is very much of its time, so it works as sort of a uh, a time capsule, as you yeah, know, yeah. per the issues that we spoke about earlier. But one of the things that occurred to me this time that kind of took me out of it was that it kind of doesn't have stakes, right? Like it it, it doesn't really have stakes if if we're not stealing this money from anybody or it's not real like it there reached a point where i was like let him do it yeah and and then we'll just go back and 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 not do it well <laughs> like, and it's, it just it felt very weird i was like let's eliminate the dead bodies yeah and we'll get we'll get justin long in here to yep. pack into the mainframe and we're good to go you know yeah. we can just ignore this fucking guy I mean, even as a structure, and I know, you know, it's based on a fucking article. So what, what are you supposed to do and stuff? But like, e- even just as a story structure, the stakes are always a little muddy because it's like, it's like kind of a weird, like road movie. They're like yeah. constant, like you, you described the fifth one as like him always driving. And I actually had that thought without even remembering the fifth one is like that while watching this one. I was like, McLean is just always in a car in this movie. He's like constantly driving and just like doing one liners from a driver's seat. It's, That's I like, mean, it's a good way to do a two-hander like that. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you, cause you have to always have like, if you're going to have the, the two-hander, but only one of them is capable of action, right. you have to keep coming back to a single location. And yep. so car, helicopter, all that's good for it. Yeah. 
Uh, in five, it's more that there's like a chase scene happening and I he remember. just follows it in yeah. his car and you're like, just go home. Like, yeah. this doesn't involve you, dude. Yeah. You're 70. Go home. But I did think it was funny that like this one that I do think is like, you know, uh, not remembered as like, oh, he was too old for it. That I don't remember yeah. that being like a criticism of it. I actually was watching it go like, oh, he does look too old for this. Like, they just keep oh, yeah. putting him in cars. They won't let him actually do any action. That said, though, I think that that uh, if I remember correctly, when it came out, that was like the big surprise is everyone was like, yeah, we thought he was getting up there, but like, there's some action in this that, yeah, that yeah. you know, it's stuntmen and stuff like that, but like, it's believable enough within yeah. the rules of the physics of this movie. Um, but yeah, this time around, I, I mean, I was still very into the action, yeah, yeah. but this time around I was, you know, even now just seeing the path that, that Willis has gone down as a presence on screen. Yeah. I could like sense the first, yeah. hints of it popping in here yeah but like going the other direction i was like wow he's really going hard like he seemed to be having fun doing this movie even like all the one-liners and stuff which uh some of them were funny to me like uh the the very first one is after an explosion in uh justin long's apartment building he says well that'll wake the neighbors <laughs> uh so that's that uh i believe that line is one that is replaced with something else in the unrated version okay that makes a little sense because like a lot of the one-liners in the version i watched were very clearly inserted into the movie yeah uh and they feel like they feel like the movie was made really without any of that stuff actually being like written or handled and then a lot of the movie was kind of like structured in reshoots with just like, we got to make sure we throw a one-liner in here and here and here. Like the movie feels stitched together with a series of kind of like insert shots at like very crafty places. I have some information about that. Okay. Apparently the director, Len Wiseman, was very, very, very upset with the cut of the PG-13 one. Okay. Because he shot in our movie. Yeah. Shot in our script. Yeah. And cut it together to be R. And then to get it to PG 13, shaves and ADR. Shaves yep. and ADR. Yep. So at the end of a scene when he's just like, you motherfucker, yeah. you know, you can't show his mouth because you can't dub over that. Yeah. So you clip it, you show some B roll, you put yep. new audio over it, and you just move the camera so that there's action. Yeah. And so it keeps the energy going without actually putting any information on the screen. Yeah. And so the, in the PG-13 version, those instances really start to pile up. Yeah, and there's it becomes a lot noticeable. of it. The, the main difference, because the, the unrated version is only eight seconds longer. Okay. It's not a movie that has added scenes. Yeah. It's a movie that just has different shots at different yep. small points because the original ones have original dialogue, which is filthier. Yep. And when someone gets shot, there's more squibs, more digital yep. blood. Uh, someone gets shot five times in the unrated one. They shave it to two and a half yeah. and, and they, you know, just wipe out some of the blood. Yeah. And so that's really the only difference because the D the DVD I have has both. Yeah. And I was like fucking around with it, going back and forth to like really track the difference. Yeah. And that seems to be okay. the, the big thing is that they just shaved the R out. That's helpful to know because frankly, the I, I couldn't find that version. I tried to actually, and I, uh -huh. I couldn't find that one. And the 
watching the PG-13 cut, it genuinely felt like a movie where it was like, I don't know that the director had anything to do with the movie I'm watching. Yeah, this feels he didn't, like essentially. Yeah, he it, was very mad about that, apparently. Well, but I mean it more in a sense of like, it feels like editors saved nonsense and turned it yeah. into sense. You know what I mean? Because like even the action, and, and it sounds like this is still the result of something similar. Because now that you're saying that, I... I was going to mention all the ADR that's throughout the movie and stuff. So now that you're saying that it helps a little bit, because like even the action, he's never not moving the camera. And it's not that it's ugly. It's actually he, Len Wiseman is one of the guys that I think is pretty good at this generally. Oh, yeah. The kind of like crazy camera movement, but actually is like not that crazy. You know what I mean? Like he's actually very controlled and knows. He's got he's a sense of you. the geography. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you lose some of that though when you have to cut, cut out certain things. Yeah. Holy shit, man! It looks like nothing. Like it really looks just bad. You know, it, it, the way well, it's, it's cut it's together. What you're is... saying they did. They took something. Yeah. They had to cut out problematic material. Yep. As it were, to get the rating, which turns it into nothing, and yep. then you have to edit it back into something. Yep. And so it shows there. I, I definitely highly recommend anybody I who should check this that movie out. to seek out the unrated one because. It does feel more of a piece with yeah. Die Hard in a big way, just because he says fuck. Yeah. Just because when he says yippee ki motherfucker, it's not blurred out by a gunshot. You yes, actually hear yes. him say his signature line. Yeah. Kind of important. Yeah. And uh and but yeah, it same goes for the action where it's like if I want to lose three squib hits, yeah. but I want to keep the narrative thrust and the forward energy of that scene, I need to have some kind of motion where those three squib hits used to be. Yeah, yeah. But all we shot was three squib hits. Yeah. So now I've just got to get some B-roll of a camera moving in the same direction. And then yep. suddenly it gets a little bit more like gobbledygook. Yeah. And so in the moment, you know, the energy's still there, but that whole geography gets lost and it, it happens that quickly. Yeah. And it's a shame to see. And I think the unrated one preserves more of the the action energy than the PG-13 does. That said, there's still some some shaves here and there that I, I'm not fond of, but yeah, you'd be surprised at how much more it feels like someone made a movie than someone fixed a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I actually will, you know, uh, uh, you know, reserve my, my feelings about some of that stuff then, because it, I did think it was like a, 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 it appeared to be a movie that was like saved in the edit. And it sounds more like, I mean, it was that destroyed is, and then reset. Right, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, it's not to say it's perfect. I mean, no, no, no. The the general house style of two thousand seven is one that I don't generally have like heavy love for. Yeah, I'm with I you. I think this is one of the better examples of when it works. Yeah, it's just you know it's still only working eighty five percent, even at its best. You and know? like, like, uh, and this comes with that house style thing, like the villains and the good guys. Sometimes it's literally hard to tell which location we're in until we see an actor and they start talking because oh, yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. in all the same colors. They're in all the same clothes. The, the, the settings themselves look identical. You know what I mean? There's like, yeah. there's nothing actually distinctive Everything about the location. Everything looks like an Apple store with the lights dimmed. Yep. And yep. it has that weird, just like blue sheen over everything. Yep. Which I think aesthetically suits this movie, but yeah. It's weird that they opted to keep that constant through the entire movie. Yes, yes. Like, it's a choice that I don't think looks bad. But, yeah, you're right. right. Like, there's no reason why a grimy, you know, sewer area should look the same as the, uh, you know, like the 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 war room where yeah. Sung Kang is working. Right. Or, you know, the 
the programming room where Tom Elephants is working with uh, Charlie Kelly's uncle from yes, Always Sunny. Dude, that made me fucking crack up when he came on screen and I was like, oh, I know who the fuck that guy is. That's fucking <laughs> it's like What I'm Jack. hacking? Do my hands look small? Yeah. When uh, I saw him in a, uh, a Domino's commercial oh. and he plays like the dad that is like welcoming his family home and he like corrals the kids into his house. And I was like, this has a very different flavor of him corralling the neighborhood kids into yep. his house now that to me he's uncle jack which i'll say it the best character yeah. on always sunny yeah the best he kills so funny he's so no, funny no, yeah. and by the way but, he's he's good in this movie you he's know good. He, i feel like none of the supporting cast has a lot to do but, uh, but they're but all good, good though yeah he's good. I, that was the weird thing about this is and what this flashes back to, and I'm not going to get the actor's name, the hacker from the original Die Hard, who was Walker, Texas Rangers partner. Um, I forget his name. I'll find but it. Like, one of the cool things about Die Hard is that their side characters, whether they're well-written or not, and I think more often than not, they're they're like pretty full characters. Yeah. They're always like really well-performed. Because yes. like Sung Kang, Han from a... From a the fast and furious series yes sir he doesn't have a lot to do here but god damn that guy's a movie star anytime yeah. he opens his mouth boom like you're 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 into it uh the lead guy of the cops uh i'm gonna forget his name too he's like one of the great character actors um oh uh yes motherfucker what is that guy's name i need to get his name so that i can be cool about it cliff curtis Yes, he yes. plays Bowman. That another guy, Fast and Furious, by the way, right? Another fa- of, I believe yeah. he's in a Fast and Furious. As of Hobbs he's and Shaw, a, I think, right? Isn't he one of the... Uh... Yes, Hobbs and Shaw. Right. Um, yeah, he's he's one of those guys who shows up in everything, is always great. And like he actually has a fair amount to do in this one. Um, I love when he has to talk shit to the FBI agents, where he's just like, you're really going to leave me out of this? Yes. I'm the guy who has to do this. This is my job, and you don't give me the information. Like, his is a meatier role than some of than you know Uncle yes. Jack, but it's cool that they got like a, a good actor who's really going to chew that out. And, yes. You know, I, I always appreciate that. That's I did, actually and, that's that's my disappointment in Timothy Oliphant in this movie. By the way, he's not yeah, bad, but he's not doing anything. He's he's just, not a very well written character. He's just like, and he's not like performing anything. You know what I mean? Like he's just I delivering wish he was dialogue. More evil. Yeah, because his reasons for doing it are justified. In, in in a way that makes sense per his motivation. Right, right. But one of the things about diehard villains is that they always have that justification, but then you learn yes. that greed is the actual motivator. Yes. And here, when greed is the actual motivator, that feels like the lie. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, that feels like a thing where he, like, well, did that just to be a bad guy. And it's like, no, I, I like the idea that he also wants to hurt people. And I don't get the sense he does. They give us the whole backstory where he's like, I warned them that this would happen. And yeah. they didn't fucking listen to me. I lost my job, my credibility, my blah, blah, blah. Like, they 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 do the thing that they did a lot, I think, at this period in movies where they try to make the bad guy have like also a kind of like sympathetic backstory. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's and, good to motivate your bad guy. I sure. Mean, absolutely. Not unmotivated. Right. And like his brother having a revenge thing. That's also a robbery, not yeah. unmotivated. Yeah. But there's like a delicious psychopathic evil. That's right. Missing. Yeah. And it just, I think that particular justification for his character, you go like, 
well, yeah, okay, so you're using this as an excuse to steal money, but, like, obviously you also still want to do this. Like, you've chosen to do this in this way because you have an axe to grind based on what happened to you. You know what I mean? Mm, it's like, yeah. so like you're saying, it's like, that's like, it's almost too much just, it's like, it makes so much sense. You're like, well, I don't, you're not, like you said, it's like, you're not evil then. You're just. I feel robbed of a really good Oliphant performance. Yeah. Because uh, Olo- I think it's actually pronounced Oliphant. Okay. Um, cause he was on WTF once and it was a great interview uh-huh. and he, he said, he said, Clarified people say it. Oliphant and it's yeah. Oliphant. I think that's what it is. Oliphant. So okay. Tom, Tom Elephants, uh, yes. he, that dude is good. Yes. He's real good. Yes. And for him to do just like a deliciously evil bad guy is something that appeals to me. I know. I and was like, th- there's shades of it here. And I, I, I agree. I wish that they went over the edge with it and made him a fucking fuck. I mean, I was waiting for the finale to have like some sort of reveal. I didn't remember where he really goes full evil and he doesn't. He just keeps that fucking steady baseline that he's on the whole movie. And it just kind of I was like, oh, well, this is kind of lame, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially because they really do work up a tension between McLean and him. McLean yeah. is constantly talking shit just to set him off. Yeah. And then they both have like the cat got your tongue when they're like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. there's clearly a hatred building between them. And I, I wish that came to like a, a, a bigger boil. And like, even the way Timothy Oliphant delivers cat got your tongue, that should be a delicious. I'm returning the volley. Yeah. And he delivers it as if he's never heard anyone say that before. You know what I'm saying? It it feels more just like an empty tag than a gotcha. He he gives it nothing. It's like it's and it sucks because it's in response to my favorite line of the whole movie. It's like it is uh I I I, yeah. I wish he was better because I'm with you. I like him, you know. I wanted him to be a little more delicious. And he was not. Also, that 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 showdown between him and uh uh Willis. Why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? McLean. <laughs> Only the uh, most famous person ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> him and McLean is like a nothing showdown. Not that the showdowns in previous diehards have been these big spectacular moments or anything, but I really felt like I was like waiting for these guys to meet. And then they meet and three seconds later, Willis has shot himself it's just in the chest. Done, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I was like, well, this is not great. I feel like there was a way. And if it was like really into the flavor of the first diehard, there would be a way of tying the thematics of it to him shooting himself to shoot the bad guy. Yeah. Like the, cause they, they do have like blinds where he's talking about like, uh, you know, like what it is to be a hero and all that. Yeah. And he even has that line where he was like, you know, like, uh, why, why are you doing it then? He's like, cause there's like, no one else is doing it. Right. It, it says, quote, if there was somebody else to do it, I would let him do it. Trust me. That's <laughs> yeah. Like and so the idea of him taking a bullet for the cause right. is something that I think could be massaged into a really cathartic moment. Right. And, you know, it's it's a badass moment. Yes, totally, it is. Especially with the yippee motherfucker in there. But uh-huh. it, it seems to me that, like, you know, especially, like, with the wrapping paper gag in, in the first Die Hard. Yes. That is a thematically rich moment where... Yes. He thinks of the thing that Gruber doesn't think of. Yep. He is able to, the, the thing that, that, that Gruber thinks he has the advantage of McLean on is that McLean is regular. McLean right. is a guy who is fallible. And it turns out that that perceived weakness is what puts his own guard down and allows McLean to do it. So like, I think that there's a way to have that same sort of res- resonance of perhaps we have McLean 
being like, I don't actually want to do this and resisting doing this and then eventually having to to shoot himself to do it. Like, I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But there is a way to frame that exact action that is a little bit more thematically rich. Yeah. And they went with badass. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I love badass. This is a fucking badass movie. It is. Through and through. But I think you can have it both ways and it's not yeah. quite where it is. Yeah. That said, it's kind of one of my more favorite Die Hard sequels. I That's really fair. have fun with it. I mean, there I do that first half hour, I think, is like real good. And it's because they do a good job. The movie loses the MacGyver elements the longer it goes on. Yeah. And so in the beginning, it becomes about the set pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And, Which and, are all you know, good, but it does kind of get numbing a little bit. It does. They even kind of craftily nod to it, right? In in what I think you and I both agree is actually a great moment in these movies that everybody complains about when he launches the cop car into a helicopter. Oh, yeah. I love that. And that feels perfectly McLean to me. That oh, especially because is... he's walking up to it, just being he's doing the uh, go out to the coast, get, right, you know, have right. a turn. but he's just like, Let's do this, you can fucking yeah, get my but, car. But it, oh, just take a guy down to DC. Oh, yeah. like, I love that, but it is a MacGyver, it is yeah. a I'm going to turn this car into a weapon against that helicopter, I'll do it in this crafty little way, and I'll survive. Right? Actually, honestly, the most ridiculous part of that, the most unbelievable part is that the guy that gets thrown from a helicopter stands back up and starts shooting at McLean again. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the most unbelievable part to me. But I love that. I, and I do think that that is a clear demarcation in the movie where, like, this is as big as we can go with McLean MacGyvering things. Yeah. Once he's launched a car into a helicopter, now we are in full-on fantasy action land. Like, yeah. we are no longer playing at the level of... MacGyvering things right like now we actually are kind of in superhero territory and the movie kind of does that it kind of takes off then into big set pieces I oh, think yeah. maybe he's the car on a, on a jet and he's yes. scowling yes. missiles out of the air right. And right driving a truck that's impervious to them yeah yeah the, the the car elevator thing is somewhere in between maybe but 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 yeah. still feels a little more in the action fantasy territory I but like it's cool. that moment as a badass moment yeah. because it's the moment where there's this lady he has no respect for. She beats the ever loving fuck out of him, throws yes. him out a window. So his only response is to steal a car, drive it all the way up and yeah. just fucking mow her into an elevator with no regard for his own safety. Yes. He goes right into that elevator shaft. And yeah. so like the idea of McLean experiencing just absolute pure blind rage and yes. hulking out is very fun to me logistics be damned <laughs> you know, I, like, I actually i am with you on that in particular like yeah. I, I like that that moment of i have to brute force my way out of this it yeah. is my literal last option i did think it was very funny the way that you know this movie was made in 2007 more than any of the other things we've talked about is that more than one villain parkours his way around. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I, I, more I than it, one yeah. villain parkours his way around. Uh, I love that this movie is 50% John McClane versus the internet and 50% John McClane versus parkour. Versus like parkour. Him, him looking at a new kind of fighting style and being like, oh, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I don't know what to do with this. That's not brute force. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. Uh, that was um a lot of the parkour guys you see pop up in movies are the dudes from District 13. Yes. Or well, it's District B13 B in America. Yes, yeah. Um, 
yeah, that was like the, I don't want to say the first, because I don't know if that's true. It might be, but it's like one of the premier parkour action movies. Right. I saw that at the Philly Film Festival many years ago. I saw the Paul Walker version, Brick Mansions, on a oh, computer nice. screen many years ago. Ah, yes. The, yeah. the best way to do it. Was yeah. that parkour heavy? Uh... Probably not as much as the original, but yeah, it is. Because like the original stars, like the like the inventors of parkour, and yeah. it was very much a we got these parkour guys build a movie around what they can do. Like it was made that way. I want. It is like you, a pretty badass movie, but that guy is one of the District Thirteeners, I believe. I think some of those guys helped with Brick Mansions because it's still pretty parkoury, and I actually think that it is the reason. Uh, the character Brian in the Fast and Furious movies becomes a little more of a parkour martial oh, arts yeah. guy. I do think Walker kind of like trained for some of that. He does a lot of like cool stunts in that movie. Actually, it's a terrible that movie, but uh, it's it's got some cool stunts from uh, Walker in the cast. You know. I remember when Paul Walker passed. The director of that movie was like one of the first people to make a statement. Yeah, and he like went out. And he was just like, I just want everyone to know that like when I worked with Paul Walker, he was the first on set. He was the last to leave. And no matter what we needed to get done, he was always like, yeah, let's do it. And did it with a smile. That guy's yeah. the guy to work with. And that yeah. always like moved me. Yeah. Uh, but like the general response is like, yeah, shame about the movie, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, that movie kind of it stinks. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got some cool stunt work in it. Um, but yeah, I did. Yeah. I just I loved that. Even the Asian woman that they spend the movie making racist jokes about doing kung fu is really just doing parkour. Also, like, oh yeah, there was so much parkour throughout this movie, and not for nothing. Like that scene of him driving the car into the thing. Like we can sit there and parse it apart about how it's brute force versus yeah, parkour. Yeah, yeah. Really, that was just a method to get to a cool elevator oh, yes. shaft yes. sequence. Yes. Like, that's what they're doing. Which, it's a visual reference to an elevator yep. shaft in the yep. first Die Hard. Yep, exactly. It's a chance for, you know, uh, for Justin Long to get his first kill. Yes. And it's just like, a, it's just a killer setup for a super tense scene. You know, and it's, it looks pretty good. There's like It a couple, looks real good. There's when a he's couple, hanging off the door. Yeah. That's a really good either stuntman with his face on it or blue screen of him hanging. It, it looks pretty clean. Yeah. There are a couple wonky effect shots throughout this movie, but like in particular, that car elevator sequence looks great. Like I, I thought was really, really well executed. And, uh, you know, as you suggest, like I'm sure has lots of digital work throughout, but uh, you oh, know, yeah. looks clean, you know. I'm sure that my point is more that I'm sure that scene existed in the writer's head. Yeah, yeah. And as they were making the movie, they were like, we got it. I got this idea for for a killer elevator shaft scene. Right, so we right. just got to We got to massage this material yep, to get yep, there. Yeah. Um, and of course, that leads to I have to I have to do the line. Oh, yeah. My my favorite line after he kills my and he's on the phone with. Uh, what is his character's name? Gabriel. A yeah. Gabriel. Right. And Gabriel is calling her to check up. And it's after she's dead. And he asks for my and Bruce Willis is like, my. Oh, yeah little asian chick likes to kick people i don't think she's gonna be talking to anyone for a really long time last i saw her she was at the bottom of an elevator shaft with an suv ramp up her ass that is such What's a funny matter, cat got your tongue and it's like <laughs> holy hell dude like i i don't feel bad for the bad guy because he's yeah. the bad guy but that's cold as shit yeah <laughs> like, holy hell dude oh man i like that's that he insane. says I like that he refers to it as ramming it up her ass. Yeah. That is such a New Jersey way to say what he's saying. Came up with the most hardcore way to say that I murdered her. Yeah. Um, 
and and did it in a way that's just like very just badass and dismissive and, yeah. and you know that that one's kind of kind of a little dated that's, in terms of a, a, well, that's the way he refers to her. it's it's wild but that's what's so man, oh man that's a moment where you're like take that bad guy <laughs> that is such a good encapsulation too though of the difference between like die hard's john mcclain and this movie's john mcclain because die hard's john mcclain similarly says sarcastic things into a radio oh yeah uh, but he's like, I would say, a clever smartass in that movie. And in yeah. this movie, he is downright just mean to people. Just a dick. Yeah, because yeah. like he always like he uh he's more like when he's talking shit to Hans Gruber, it's more passive in the terms of just like, yeah, you think you're gonna win, but uh, I think you kind of don't have control. <laughs> you right, know, like, right. like Jay, catch me, motherfucker, I'm crazy. Yeah. But this one's just like, yeah, I killed your bitch. Yeah. I'm coming after you. <laughs> It's wild. It's like, Whoa, dude. Yeah. He I mean, he legitimately is the slasher that everybody jokes about him being yeah. in the first movie in this one. He has another great one-liner that made me laugh. Um, because he's just like, Yeah, I'm gonna come kill you and I'm gonna do this. And he's like, Oh, McLean, you're still around. He's like, Yeah, and I'm gonna get you, blah, blah, blah. And you have got to be running out of bad guys by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is his way of saying, like, I've killed hundreds of people yes. in this past hour. Yeah. <laughs> but I always liked that. I also wanted to point out there's one point early on where a cop uh, just like sort of passes by and mentions an agent Johnson. Yes. And and he like perks up and it's like, what a, what a tiny little reference. That actually was my, I was like, I kind of wish this. I never noticed that before. I mean, either. And I wish this movie figured out how to do more of that actually, Mm -hmm. where that is a great reference to the first movie that is not meta really it's not like winking at us and telling yeah, us there's to... 100 agent johnsons right it's it's like it's not no one monologues about remember the agent johnsons from the other movies so that we get that joke it's like yeah we either see willis's physical like what did you just say yeah and know what he means or we don't and that's or fine you know yeah. like i really liked that i thought that was very funny and clever yeah i agree because if it was someone just like yeah my name's Agent Johnson. My dad died in a helicopter accident yeah, exactly. 30 years ago. I I'd honestly, like, All right. <laughs> when, it st- when that joke started, I literally thought that was going to happen. I like thought he was going to be like, yeah, my dad died in a helicopter crash at Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so great. Although in hindsight, now that I have no preciousness about it, I'm like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a note here that says it's very funny to me that like the only thing separating like the leaders of the bad guy hackers and the lower ranked hackers is that the leaders are prettier. Yes, yes. Like that's that's kind of what put them above is like, oh, they don't have the social anxiety that these yes. lower ranked guys have. Yeah. Um, I have a note here that I just says that just says LOL McLean is just bleeding out of his ears. <laughs> <laughs> Because for much of the movie, he's just got blood coming out of his ears. Now, one of the trademarks of John McClane is that he takes damage. Yes, right. He's literally covered in blood by the end of yeah. the first Die Hard. He takes damage. And actually, one of the things that drew a lot of laughs in Fast 9 is that uh, Vin Diesel's shirts are always pristinely white. <laughs> uh, like, to a degree that is egregious. Yeah. And you're like, you're you would have a smudge at the at the very yeah. least um and if this was real your bowels would be splattered all over them but you know yeah. that's what, but yeah he takes damage but i like that in this one there's by the end both him and justin long are bleeding out of the ears which means severe cranial trauma yeah. but they're just like oh man whoo tuck and roll yeah <laughs> like it's, it's hey, wild I, we should talk about justin long because he yeah. is 
I think, the best thing in this movie. He is yeah. so good in this movie that I find it strange he did not become a big American movie. Not that he's not a big American movie star, but I he was he co-starred with Bruce Willis in a Die Hard sequel. And then, you know, made some more indie movies, which is great. I like yeah. that he's in those and he's good in them. But like, how is he not in every fuck? How is he not in a Marvel? Like, he, I, he's tremendous. Yeah, that's true. In this. He would be. Yeah, he's like he's like a Sam Rockwell where you're like, shit, man, you could really go prestige. And Rockwell, you know, obviously went that route. Yeah, yeah. But I, um, which I think we will see long go that route yet. Like, I, I yeah. bet you throw 10 more years on that guy when he's like really, truly an adult and looks like a man, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think that guy he's is probably going, choosy too. like, he's I the think kind he of is. guy like he, he seems to be like of the smart type that like he did like the Joseph Gordon Levitt where he made a bunch of money up front, had a yeah. lot of success, seems to be a very nice and talented guy yeah. and now can afford to be choosy. He's like an yeah. Elijah Wood. Like yeah. he can afford to do what he wants and not do what he wants. And he's going to pick and choose. And like, yeah, you say yes to a diehard. Yeah. But yeah, he is. Uh, he's it's weird that he also said yes to a yoga hosers. But I know, you know, I know. What are you gonna do? He friends is, are friends. He's so good in this movie, man. Like he's so funny. The idea of even being able to play against Bruce Willis, especially at this point in Willis's career, and be so funny and good, and make Willis look better, and make you look oh, yeah. better playing off of Willis. Like he is so good in this movie. I think. I agree. He's very funny. Um, it's we introduced the idea of a buddy comedy in Die Hard with a Vengeance right. by bringing Zeus into things with Sam Jackson. Like and they're, same, yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And, so, yeah. Uh, and they're great with one another. They bounce off one another. They play the racial tension gag. They do all that. So the idea of having a generational yes. gap be the gag, I, I think is really smart and plays yeah. really well. They, they captured at the beginning when he puts on Credence and he's like, yeah. Oh, it's classic rock. No, just because it's old doesn't mean it's good. But meanwhile, when we're introduced to Justin Long, he's listening to like fucking Flyleaf. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. uh, I think Credence won that battle in the long run. But yeah. the idea of having that gap there, having it informed by uh, McLean busting in on his daughter on a date when the date gets too handsy, right. we'll take no for an answer. You know, the idea that he is immediately and to some degree correctly cautious around younger men because yeah. he knows what he once was he knows you know what can happen and then meeting this guy who almost by virtue of not being the alpha male i think in a, in a stronger script would end up teaching bruce willis something about softening <laughs> his edges while also justin long's character learning about toughening up a little bit you know like yeah, there's yeah. i think this attempts to make that and doesn't quite get there but I think that Justin Long really is the closest to getting there, whether it's on the paper, or his performance. And I like his arc from, you know, almost too cool for school hacker to helpless lout to, you know, guy who, who actually has some information and the confidence to use it is pretty compelling. Yeah. And he wears that well and wears it with a really good amount of humor. It's he's quite believable. He's very, very good at the top, not one liner, the like tossed off tag. Yeah, He's yeah. so good at just the casual, like that scene in the beginning when Willis comes to his door and those other people come out of yeah. the hallway and reference like something very specific to hacking so that like it's very evident that, you know, just well, they, they, they say his name. Yeah. And, and it's very yeah. evident he's doing something illegal. They say his name. 
And then what is he, what, his reaction is something like, uh, hey, uh, can, uh, what does he say? He says, say hi to everybody at the giving away too much club later yeah. or something like that. Like he, <laughs> he just that, yeah. does this like sarcastic, <laughs> like tossed off tag. It's yeah. so good. He's really, really good at that stuff. Yeah, he's full of those. They they also have that great exchange after he launches the uh, the helicopter into the car, and yeah. he's like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" And he's like, "See it? I, I did it." Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was, or maybe that was when the guy's hanging on the car and he clips him on the uh, on the I, dumpster. I believe they literally go to that well twice. Actually, that's why you okay, remember probably, it multiple yeah. places. Yeah, but yeah, and and so they have they have a good thing like that because yeah mclean is a one-liner and yeah. he and uh what is his character's name what is holy shit name? hold on i'll find it um but he's more of a yeah he's like constantly on a running monologue of of high energy he plays he's looking for snacks oh, he, he plays uh matt farrell matthew matt farrell that's yeah. it yeah when his uh he's always looking for snacks he <laughs> yeah. any food yeah yeah he's got that very good nervous energy yeah he's he's great in this i think I did. Uh, I, I also thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead was good in this movie. She felt weird in this movie only in the sense that I, this can't be true, but it felt like her character got like included in reshoots. It was almost like her, the whole storyline with her was like an afterthought to the movie where we start on her. Yeah. And then in the finale, when we, again, because the movie actually doesn't do a good job of establishing any real stakes, we kidnap her and bring her into it so that we inject some stakes into the finale. It really felt like she got like added after the fact, which I know can't be true based yeah. on how much she's actually in it, you know, but I agree that it feels like that. I don't think she was added after the fact, but I think that the way I'd word the cr criticism is I feel like she should have been involved yeah, regularly, yeah. more regularly and earlier in order to really tease that out. Yeah. Because she's like incredibly badass in it but like yeah she doesn't undergo much but being captured being yep. a badass while captured and then getting uncaptured yeah um so like there's not much for her to do in terms of like a full character and i think that there's room in this movie for that yeah i do like though the they they that they you know dip back into the uh into the she goes from Gennaro to McLean when she's yeah, feeling yeah, more yeah. badass the same way that Bonnie Bedelia did where she's like, no, my name's McLean. And I do like the idea that like, even though she doesn't get along with her dad, some of his piss and vinegar lives in her. Yes. And like some of his training too. Like when um she's on the phone uh, on the walkie talkie and she has to prove that they're still alive. And instead she's just like, there's only five of them left now. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like gives away the information. And it's like, I love that, that, McLean is almost a disease like a force <laughs> yeah. that lives in your genome and causes you to be a certain way and she seems to get that and that is a lot of fun in the movie I, I am with you and and that's but I think to your point it's like that's why it, it is weird and doesn't totally work for me because Bonnie Bedelia in the first movie is threaded throughout that movie so well yeah and the um, second one yes and it feels like Lucy in this movie you know I don't buy her Gennaro to McLean switch because we don't spend enough time to really, you know, actually have that mean anything. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we just don't spend enough time with her to watch and her. And she starts as a badass. Right. Her opening scene is a dude going too far and her right. being like, fuck off, you know, yes, and like yes. standing up for herself. So it's not like she goes from someone who's like, like for Bonnie Bedelia, for Holly, it's, yeah. uh, it's, she's always just Bonnie Bedelia because that's yeah, so fun yeah. to say. Yes. Um, it's, 
you know, she's a powerful career woman, but you also get the sense that like with that comes the idea of doing what you're told. Yeah. And then when she sheds that and is like, no, I'm Holly McClain. It's ain't nobody fucking with me. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy starts as nobody's fucking with me. And yep. then immediately upon getting kidnapped, it's nobody's fucking with me. Yeah. Uh, like she's constantly, and even she has that great moment in the car where she essentially tells Matt, like, you need to fucking toughen up, bro, because yeah. we're into some shit right now. And like, so she is just full on badass the whole way through. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that could have been teased out to be a little bit more. And I also, she like clearly hates her dad and seemingly rightfully so. And so when she makes the it's Lucy McLean, I was like, why, though? He's he he hasn't rescued you yet. He's done literally nothing to earn the McLean yeah. using McLean as the last name at this point. You know? I guess she just understands that he's spent the last couple hours just killing hundreds of people. Right, right. And in the name of rescuing her, at least for the last 10 minutes or so. That's yeah, enough. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, to I, be fair, if my dad killed one person in the name of saving my life, I'd be like, oh, respect. True, but like, true, I, true, I don't true. know how much of a character arc that is true. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it, I, I'm with you. I think it's just she's not threaded throughout the movie enough. That that really yeah. is the solve for that. Is like she just should be threaded throughout more of the movie. She um, could be more of a character, especially when they try to like hint like a romance between her and Matt at the end. Yeah, that's based on ten minutes they spent together, where she yep. was telling him to stop being a pussy. Yeah, it just doesn't track and. Yep. As much as like as the kids say, I ship it. Yeah. As much as uh, as that's like a fun development, uh, conceptually, yeah, it could have been a really earned one that also would fuel her arc. Yeah. It would fuel his arc into toughening. It, it would fuel all the arcs. Her arc into you know toughening up. His arc into toughening up, and McLean's arc into softening up. Yes, you know, like especially because it opens on him being a dick to you know a guy who deserved to be been a yeah, dick yeah. to but like you know still like it was a good thing he was there but he shouldn't have been there in the first place you know yeah, he's not kind of like thing. respecting his daughter and her boundaries in that yes moment. that's the way yeah. to say it and and so yeah i think that it's um uh, th- those three arcs could totally exist in the script as we have it and instead we focused on action which might have been the right move i don't know but right. i think there's certainly some room to to develop that a little bit more than it was yeah um i have a couple quick uh notes on this movie that i've been thinking about here in the back of my mind for a couple minutes that i just thought were funny one was did you notice and they eventually i think kind of deal with this but when they do the blackout, you know, there's like the rolling blackouts. Yeah. yeah. And and there's like a shot where Willis is like up on some hill and he can like see the lights going out over. Like yeah. a, but I am almost positive in the initial shot that they show, you see lots of cars on lots of streets. And as the blackout goes across, the car lights also go out. I was like, this that is not sense. how this works. <laughs> that's that's probably what it was, is they just took footage of a town yep. and then just digitally blacked it out just and just so said every goes. point of light blacked yeah, out i know i yeah. was like well cars run on batteries i don't think that's how this works and there was just a few things like that throughout the movie like did you notice they go out of their way to show um maggie q's character putting on an fbi vest and getting into what is essentially an fbi disguise yeah because yeah. ostensibly they're going to go infiltrate like some sort of like fbi oh, yeah. building and when they, they arrive, everybody. yeah, when they arrive, the first thing they do is kill everyone. Yeah. There is no reason for them to be dressed as FBI at all. They, that, 
that never comes into play. They I guess that exists murder people. just it exists for the first half of that gag is where we go, oh, she's gonna right. she's gonna go somewhere she's not supposed to be, but yeah. then functionally it's not yes. of any reason. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like storytelling wise. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, it just like tells us that like oh she's gonna go break into an FBI building, <laughs> but then like all they do is kill their way in. Uh, I, the other one that was very funny to me is just at the very end of the movie. And this is probably just a Bruce Dude, Willis delivery problem. I wrote this down. When you pointed yeah. this out, it made me laugh because that's quite literally, you can probably see my, oh, I, did I delete my note? I if might you have did, just deleted You should be note. able to unrecycle it. There I we think. go. My very last line is yeah. just hospital. In yes. <laughs> because <laughs> I, it might just be a, a Willis delivery problem, but it is very surely if not the paramedic that's about to drive the ambulance, the one that's about to get in the passenger seat, as he closes the door on the ambulance that he's in, Bruce Willis says, hospital. As if it's he's literally the last line of the movie. It's the last line of the movie, and it's him telling the guy that's about to drive the ambulance he's in to take him to the hospital. Yeah, it's like, I was going to go to Walmart, but yeah, since where you said do you think he's going to take you? You know, with you with all your bullets in your body. And again, this is another thing where I'm like, I could see John McClane delivering that line as smarmy, smart ass sarcasm, mm -hmm. but that is not how Bruce Willis delivers that line in that moment. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like a passive, just like, hospital. Yeah. What's weird is that to me, because the where it is, yeah. that's one where what's happening on screen doesn't require dialogue no they could have just i would yes. have just dimmed that out and not yes. even touched it it just just let it be because it's it's really just it's it's so passively delivered that it's as he's just like nodding to the guy as they shut yeah. the doors of the ambulance yeah that could have been it is shutting the doors of the ambulance music and up off. cut to credits yeah yep. and yeah he he reminds oh, him it and made me laugh man it made me laugh so that hard was definitely a weird moment and yeah. i don't I, I was thinking, like, why would that exist? Yeah. But there's no difference between that and the unrated cut. There's no line that's right, being paved thing. over there. Yeah. There's no reason to have dialogue at all. It just feels... And, like, the only thought I had is that, in my head, maybe that was the one time where Bruce Willis was like, I got to have this line. And they're like, come <laughs> yeah. on, man. And he was like, you, you want me to sign off on this? Yeah. I want him to direct this guy to the hospital. I, I wonder if it is... It's weird. I do wonder if now that we're talking about this, do, do you think it's possible that that is the promise of, hey, John McClane's not done yet. He's got he's not going to die. He's going to the hospital. We're going to get him right back in shape. We're going to do some more Die Hard. And, yeah, maybe. And, and if that's what that is, is that at the request of Bruce Willis, who's like, we can't let these people think I'm going to die. We got we got to we got to let the people know, like John McClane can come back. He's just going to the hospital. I mean, maybe. But given how much it looked like he didn't want to make Die Hard 5 while <laughs> yeah. in Die Hard 5. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Agreed. But yeah, it, that was a weird it's so choice. Weird. And it, it really made me laugh. It's certainly a choice. Yes. That's yes. not an accident because that is an easy any editor, especially editors that are working as hard as they worked yes. on this movie. Any editor would just be like, eh, hey, we'll sit there, we'll yep. do the audio, and everyone knows they're going to the hospital and not to Vegas. Yes. That's, we know. It's yes. it's obvious. And, like, so I'm tempted to be like, maybe this is McLean, like, still exerting control over right. things. Right, Or maybe he's just high on morphine. I don't know, but it it's something that doesn't so belong there. But now that we've called it out, like, yeah. I'm so happy exists and needs yes. to be there forever for perpetuity and it's will be. It's beautiful. So funny and weird. <laughs> Uh, dude, the only other thing that I I didn't like about this movie is the big set piece at the end with the truck and the jet. I, oh, I, just, I love that. Oh, I, I love just, it. It's weird. I mean, 
I, you know, I get that the, the, the setting that particular that's in DC, I think, right. That particular yeah. big turnabout is, is cool. And I get the idea of an action scene set on that. That's like a cool setting for some kind of like, you know, chase sequence action scene. I think that's neat. But I, I don't know, man. John McClane just driving a truck in circles while a jet like shoots at him. I, I just didn't think there was anything there. It was just like, uh, I just didn't like it. I don't know. It didn't oh, do no, anything. I get me. it. It's for such a high concept sequence. It's yeah. pretty basic in execution. Yeah. It literally, uh, all I thought I just was think like, it looks so sharp. It, it and it, it called up imagery of true lies to me, which I think Dude, that's what I was know, gonna soothes say. my bias. But I mean, inferiorly so. But that is definitely the moment that like I couldn't wait to happen when I was watching yeah. it this time around because okay. I remembered enjoying it. It wasn't as dynamic as I remembered it being, for sure. But it's also like that is the moment where like it if there was any doubt that we've moved beyond the fallible and damageable McLean of Die right. Hard, which is the crux of that movie. Yeah. This is it. You yes. know, like this is where he's indestructible. I, I, I do like it, but that's another one though where I think it was I've got this idea for an action sequence. Yeah, yeah. I've got the intersection blocked off for a week or two of shooting. Yeah. Let's get let's get him in a truck to that. Cause it, yeah. it is it's patently ridiculous. Yes, yes. In a movie that that, you know, converse to something like the Fast and Furious movies, isn't supposed to really be dealing in the ridiculous. Right. You know, like it's Die Hard's based, heavy air quotes, based in reality. Right, you know? right, right, and, right. And this is definitely the point where it's like, okay, so he's not just a regular Right, guy. we're stretching that, yeah. But I think in execution, I, I for me, it was a really well done action sequence. It wasn't yeah. as dynamic as I remember, but um, I don't know, I think it's very pretty. I, I, I spent most of it being like, and I don't like even being somebody that comments on things this way, but like I spent most of that sequence just being like, True Lies did this better. Like, this was yeah. already done 10 years ago better. You know what I mean? Um, and the, the thing with it, like, I think what bugs me about it most of all is that it's just, like, there's no situation where one missile from that jet doesn't destroy that entire intersection <laughs> and everything on it. Uh, can, you know, I, let alone, like, a truck can brush it off so much, so long as the driver is scowling hard enough. Like, uh, I don't know. Can I tell you what actually bothered me the most about that whole sequence? And it's, like, the funniest thing to bother me about that sequence. So this whole fucking movie, by the way, talking about the structure of it being bad, is, like, what are we? We start in New York. We go to West Virginia. We go back to New Jersey. We go to Washington, yeah, D.C. And in New Jersey. Yeah, like... It just, we're all over the East. And I get that the whole thing is now McLean saving the country. So he's got to yeah. quote unquote travel the country. Well, the but Eastern seaboard. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just, I don't know. I, that doesn't feel like a great structure for a diehard movie to me. Fucking, yeah. you know, uh, uh, traversing the country like that. But so we get to this finale in Washington, D.C. at this great location, this big roundabout where we're shooting, you know, the the truck and the and the uh, the fighter jet. The the truck gets crashed, right? They, they fucking destroy the whole roundabout. And the truck kind of crashes into the middle of the roundabout, at which point John McClane gets up, stands up, and walks 10 feet to the warehouse that the villains are inside of. Yeah. I could not believe that they were implying that, like, that was all within, like, a four-foot radius of each other, basically. I was like... That's another one of those situations, like the elevator, where it's like, we've yep. got this scene written yep. and ready to go. Where can we fit it in? It's like, yep. put him in a truck. We'll get him from 
A yeah, to B. But even it's just the that I- A to B make no sense being that, that even the I- to one another. Even the idea that that warehouse is just somehow right next to that roundabout. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know that that's not true. There's no way that's the actual geography of like where that is in D.C. You know what I mean? I'm it, sure it just it's the really same made me for laugh. people from D.C. as it is for people from Philly when they show something and you go, that's not how this is oriented. Yep. It yep. happens all the time. Yep. It, but, fucking, yeah. it really made me laugh that that just happened to be four feet away from the villain's lair. And he was able to just walk from that action scene to the uh, the finale. They should have cut to the villains inside, like trying to hack. And like, well, I'm trying to hack, but obviously someone is making a ton of noise outside. I do. I genuinely think that's a good joke and should be in the movie. Like, I did think that as it was happening. I was like, that's happening right outside. Yeah, they should be. They should be having much difficulty hacking. Yes. Yeah, it's it is. I think for way, me, though, that's the point complaints. of the movie. Oh, yeah. These are exactly. dumb no. complaints. These are, you know. That's definitely the point where it's so patently ridiculous that it yeah. just becomes like, well. I do want him to continue punching this jet, so I yes. guess I'm just gonna have to roll with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are now in the territory of these are things that I kind of like about the movie, but I'm complaining about. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. yeah. Th- these are not things I actually dislike about this movie. I just think what it's that thing where once you dislike a movie, you go like, and this, and this, and this. Oh yeah, yeah. But if I liked the movie, I'd be like, and I love this, and this, and this, because they're such silly things, you know. I I love. I love that the jet scene exists. It's weird how we get there yeah, to yeah. and from there. But since it's already made, <laughs> I'm just gonna take yeah. I'm yes. gonna take my medicine. Yes. But uh if if I was writing it, I would certainly be like, listen, there's probably a better way to get this jet sequence in there. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like one of those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I, on the whole <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you think about Fast Nine. Dude, I, I'm all so it to is, it. dude, is fucking just like, how did they get here? Oh, whatever, the car's flying. You know? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Go, go, that, go. I this is that weird thing though of like, but that's what I'm there for those movies for, right? Yes, this yes. is that weird thing where I I I would never tell anybody there's a, a thing that a diehard movie has to be or whatever, right? But I do think that this movie feels like it's the wheels are falling off. Like it's a little outside of the, I want a fast and furious movie to be what this movie is. I don't yeah. want, I don't want a diehard movie to be what this movie is. I would agree. Cause like, like I said, I think that tonally the, uh, the unrated cut does feel of a piece with the tone of a lot of diehards, yeah, which I should but yes, see in terms of like the style of action. Yeah. This is a really good action movie. Yeah. But what is required of McLean as an action hero is very different than what is required of him as an action hero in the previous three entries. Yeah. Yeah. What is considered an action sequence here is much larger and grand than what is considered an action sequence in Die Hard, which takes yeah. place just in the Nakatomi building. And, and I- so it is very different. And this is probably in terms of what the action is, is closer to a Fast and Furious where it's yeah. about about being grandiose, about yeah, yeah. being so ridiculous. And so that does run, uh, it's, you know, dichotomous to to what a diehard is to be expected. And and I, I can't say I, I blame these filmmakers or anything either, right? Like uh, they're making a diehard movie in 2007. Like yeah. I think they are admirably trying to figure out how do we make a Die Hard movie in 2007? How do we bring John McClane into these kinds of, like, what an action movie is now, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think... It is that, sort of interesting, because Fast Five was 2011. Right, right, yeah. And so, like, that was, the, that was the moment where the Fast series realized, like, 
we can divorce ourselves from street racing and yep. really lean into this stuff and sort of keep the soul intact. Yeah. And I think that's the same, you know, struggle that that the the diehard franchise is going through at this moment. And I think this movie is uh, honestly somewhat successfully trying to start at the level of Die Hard 3 and escalate to the level yeah. of Die Hard 4, you know? I'll certainly give it that, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that it smartly is trying to do that. I think it's admirably trying to do that. I don't know if I'm fully... I don't know that I think it's fully successful, but 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 I am with it. Like, I, I get what it's trying to do. I know why it's trying to do that. And I think it probably had to try to do that. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. It definitely had to. Yeah. I, it's... To... Like I, I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's I like I love it, but like I like Die Hard 2 better because yeah. it's more compelling to have him on uh on a snowmobile zipping around uh-huh. than solving water displacement volume puzzles. Yes. And I think that that's probably what they ran into is like, you know, with Simon Says, which was, you know, yeah, also yeah. in keeping with with yeah. uh, Die Hard being adapted from other material, you yeah. know, this being a Wired article in Simon Says, that makes sense in Die Hard, that water puzzle is fun because it leads to a lot of good comedy and him and Zeus are yelling yeah. at each other and doing math. Tons of fun. But like that does not an action movie make. Right. And so I think that's where they were trying to go. And they really leaned super heavily into beyond that. But like in hindsight, it's like, Oh, you know what would have been nice. Maybe a little water displacement. Puzzle, yes, or like yes. or a couple more instances of MacGyvering rather yep. than just praying that it works and knowing that it will because movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in my opinion, uh, overall, like, Justin Long is the glue that is holding this movie together. Like yeah. he he is the one that in my opinion is like all of these things we're talking about feeling like maybe they're getting a little outside the bounds of Die Hard or or what this movie can achieve. I think he's kind of holding together. Like he is making me believe in this McLean and this universe and all of that stuff. It's interesting that you say that because now that you said that I think I think this is what's happening here. Yeah. In the first three diehards, the audience surrogate is John McClane. Uh-huh. I don't think that's the case here. I think you are 100% right now that you're I saying think it. The, yep. the movie might want that to be the case. Right. But I don't think the audience is approaching it from that. Yeah. And I don't think that the movie necessary, necessarily facilitates that as well as it facilitates Justin Long being the audience surrogate. Now, granted, I could be just speaking from the fact that we're relatively the same age Sure, sure. And, sure. you know, I watched that movie. So obviously I'm going to identify with the 25 yeah. year old white kid. And so, yeah, I, but, but I, I think functionally, yeah, he is the one person who's steeped in the real world, at least to a degree that we associate. And I think you could be onto something there with him maybe actually being the audience surrogate, because uh, that might also lend itself to some of my McLean problems in this movie, where for the first time I'm looking at McLean from the outside as opposed to yeah. from the inside. And he, he, I referred to him as my dad at one point. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why, because I see my dad in him and not myself. Whereas, right. like, he sort of represents an everyman in the first three, which yep. I think anybody from any socioeconomic background can so can identify with McLean because he scratches that everyman itch. Sure, he's not as much of an everyman in this. No, yeah, yeah, right. Agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, interesting. We 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 found our way into something interesting here with yeah. live free or die hard. <laughs> of all fucking things, <laughs> yeah. It is wild. It, it's, but it, I think at the end of the day, the reason why I love this movie so much is like it's a really fun watch. 
it is like this is this to me is just like i just i want i want to watch a movie <laughs> i want to watch some shit move this There's, is where this is where i go i did think uh another thing that was funny in the editing uh i don't know why this just occurred to me but was like because the movie is quote unquote about the internet there is so much like the basically the connective tissue of everything in this movie is just close-ups on computer screens. Yeah. Like any time that they don't have what they need to get from shot to shot, we just cut in on a computer screen and just see some computer shit happening. It happens so often and so frequently. It's very funny in some scenes, how often we are going from like clickety clack fingers, computer screen, somebody's oh, yeah. eyeballs, clickety clack fingers, computer screen, eyeballs. Like, it's so funny. That said, of all the egregious, like, I gotta reroute the encryptions. Yeah. This actually has one of the better senses of how computers look, work, and act, uh-huh. and how the internet works than a lot too. of movies. I was like, you know what? Like, this, yeah. it's one of those where, like, if, if you actually listen to what they're saying, they're not saying anything. Right. But it definitely feels less contrived. Yeah. Like it actually seems to come from maybe because it's a Wired article. Right, right. It seems to come from a general understanding of how computers work. Yes. Uh, whereas, you know, my favorite example is there's a hacking scene in Eraser. Yeah, yeah. Where Schwarzenegger is literally doing this on a keyboard, <laughs> and he's not even like separating his fingers, and he's just you have encryptions, and. This actually does feel like the people know what they're talking about. Yeah. And even though what they're saying is nonsense, <laughs> it's it's very, I very much appreciated that, especially now in hindsight, because you want to talk about hacking fuckery. Just wait till you see F9. My <laughs> it like, dude, again, Justin <laughs> Long being the thing that's holding this together. He monologues about fire sales like oh, seven yeah. times in this movie. And I can't imagine another actor on the planet that could convincingly talk about a fire sale the way that he talks about them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, like he sells he that concern. shit so well. Yeah. He has like knowledge, concern. Like that's a great example of uh, breaking an idea down to layman's terms without it sounding like bald-faced exposition. Yes, yes. And that's that's all along. He yep. really does He does that, that like, it's a fire sale. Yeah, like, yeah. He does that like, you know, <laughs> like, it's so good. And I got to say, I had a weird experience with the Kevin Smith scene because I yes. know that, that Kevin Smith has criticized it as being like he was the exposition machine. Yes. I think that as far as being an exposition machine goes, that's pretty well handled in that moment. Oh yeah, it is. It's a funny scene. Yeah. Uh, in the unrated version, you know, when the when the mom is like calling down Fred, Freddie, yeah. she goes, Fred, get the fuck up here! <laughs> she, like, yells, <laughs> it's like it's very funny, and there's a thematic chain where what ultimately saves the day, old school rock and roll, baby, that yep. CB radio. Yep. You know, like where where modernity meets classics is yep. that CB radio, and they're able to save the day using that. And like within that scene, that's so funny. And I had a heartbreaking thought. I know that that is largely considered like, you know, Kevin Smith just like doing a favor for a friend and, you know, right. doing what he does. But oh God, this is going to break my heart to say. But I was watching it and I was like, man, I miss that Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, I know. Me too. It, it was the weirdest thought. His, his story about that scene is actually that like, he basically helped write that scene that when yeah. he got there that day, they were like this, it, it's not so much that he's the exposition machine. It's that 
he's the particular exposition machine that brings all the threads together. That yeah, they've been yeah. making this movie and just throwing these threads out. And apparently through the whole movie, they kept saying, save it for the warlock scene, save it for the warlock yeah, scene. Yeah. Like Bruce Willis kept being like, I don't understand how this plot point connects to this plot point. And Wiseman kept being like, save it for the warlock scene. We'll figure it out then. And so then they get there and they're like, okay, it's the warlock scene. And they're like, well, we didn't write it. And so it's, Luckily it's, we got a writer. Right. And so it's, it's Kevin Smith, it's Wiseman and it's Willis and it's them hashing it out, figuring it out. It's this great fun story about like, I get to work with one of my heroes, Bruce Willis. He's laughing at my jokes. I'm figuring out how to tie this movie together and write some good jokes in there. In the, you know, like that great Star Wars joke, which is actually a great Star Wars yeah. joke, where he tries to say, "Yeah, I get it, Star Wars," and then points to Boba Fett and doesn't know it's from Star Wars. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's actually pretty good. That's fun. That's funny. So it and that I'm with you. I missed that moment in Kevin Smith's career when he was just a fun, funny, creative guy on the fly. Yeah. When you could come to him on the fly and be like, we need something creative and fun and funny and he could give it to you. And it didn't have to be a clerk sequel or a Jane Silent Bob sequel. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? He's a good writer and, and yep. we don't see that anymore. Yep. And also I think like his performance is really funny. It is. He gets what Warlock yep. is supposed to be. He does that now. And like now all he does is just like say, I read this comic book and cry into his Instagram camera. Yes, and it's yes. like, I get it, bro. And I love it. I, I love yep. that you're in touch with your feelings, especially yeah, since you yep. had that awful tragedy with your heart. Yeah. But like, man, like where's yep. Poop Monster at? Like, I, that, and watching know, it, I was like, man, this. In 2007, when he showed up in that movie, I was right at the cusp of when I became like too cool for Kevin Smith, yes, which yes. is a bullshit thing. Yes. But I remember him showing up and just being like, ah, win for the little guy. Kevin yep. Smith's a diehard. Yep. And like that came back. Yeah. But I was looking at that Kevin Smith and being like, I don't, I don't recognize him compared to this anymore. At the same time, I totally see this in everything yep. he does and I want it back. Of, of, Really, I maybe I don't know how to say this, not of no fault of his own, but uh, the way his career has gone, the trajectory it has taken, there is an alternate timeline in which this coupled with what the hell was that movie called? Big Catch, Deep Catch. What the fuck was that called? Timothy Oliphant is also in it. Jennifer Garner and uh, Kevin Smith is like one of like the four main characters in the movie. Um, what the hell is this movie called? It's like I don't a, think I know this. It's like a drama comedy from around the same time as this movie. Uh, what the hell is it called? Let me look up Kevin Shit. Smith. Who, who do I search that'll have the the well, lightest? I'm, just, uh, I'm looking up uh, Kevin Smith as an actor. Uh, say, I type in all of those, and I know I'm in for a lot of scrolling. It's called Catch and Release. It is from hold on, uh, 2006. So it's the year before. It's directed by Susanna Grant. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's like a romantic comedy. And it's I have stars... never heard of this movie. I, I think I literally saw this on the big screen because I was such a big Kevin Smith fan at the time and was excited that he was like in a movie in a movie. Uh, it stars Juliette Lewis, Jennifer Garner, Timothy Oliphant, Kevin Smith, and Sam Yeager. Oh, okay, that's that the lady who wrote Aaron Brockovich. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and Ever After, the, the good Cinderella movie. Well, and so, I mean, I guess like slight spoilers for this movie, but like Kevin Smith is one of the main characters in this movie. He's the overweight best friend who's not threatening in the way all the other men are in the movie. Not that there's a lot of threatening. That's not even really the point of the movie, but like the point of his character is that he's the non-threatening friend. He's like, the, yeah, yeah. He's like the overweight non-threatening friend. He's the schlub. Yes. Who, by the end of the movie, again, it's kind of spoilers for this movie, tries to, tries to kill himself. It turns out he's actually like deeply depressed being the non-threatening overweight friend in this group it's it's like deeply depressed him and he tries to kill himself 
And he has these like amazing, wonderful scenes in this movie where he turns in this very dramatic performance where he is the heartwarming, funny Kevin Smith guy that turns out there's like some sadness lurking underneath. Yeah. And he plays that sadness really, really well. That movie coupled with this scene, I was like, there's an alternate timeline where he actually is a good actor that gets yeah. to like have this kind of secondary parallel career to his directing career where he also gets to act in other people's movies. And I kind of regret that we never got that part of his career. Yeah, that he be- fell into like his own self-perceived brand. Yep, yep, yep. And I kind of regret that he, I, and honestly, I mean, you can't blame it on any one thing or whatever, but I think the failure of Cop Out actually is the thing yeah. that kind of brings that part of his career down. He tries to play the Hollywood game and gets like crushed by it. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, and and yeah, I think if there's one of, thing like I thought that Jay and Silent Bob reboot was like just dog shit. I yeah, really yeah. don't like that movie. But yeah. the one thing was I was like, it is amazing. Nobody has the skill set Kevin Smith has yep. to use his resources to get shit made. Yep. Because like he was like, you know what? I can do anything I want at a con. Let's set some stuff at a con and let's do yep. it. And like it, it's it's so impressive his ability to just get things made that don't exist. Yep. And it just sucks that what he chooses to get made is like you know his own personal brand management that said i think i think that's about to change Mm -hmm. i think that kevin smith is going to run out of things that he can reboot yeah he's going to run out of things to milk and it's going to be a moment where he goes i want to make a movie and i need to i need to make a movie that people will see yeah yeah and the people who will see Jay and Silent Bob movies aren't anymore. Right. I need to actually make another, you know, Chasing Amy or whatever. Yep. I think we're going to get that. I'm hoping. And I, I think it's going to be good because, like, we started to get it with yep. Red. Like, Red State was fucking good. I know. Tusk is bonkers. I know. And then he went back to yep. his, his, you know, he receded back into this protective castle where he doesn't want to deal with critics. So he plays in his own city. Yeah. Yeah, that fire is there. We are going to get that. I just it's a shame that we've lost two decades of it. And it I know. Been there. I'm with you. I, I dream about that day that he like has a, a, a something he needs to say again, as, yeah. as he says in the Chasing Amy. I said um, it a hundred times and I'll say it again. Dogma has a shit monster and it's one of the most thoughtful ruminations on faith and what it means applied functionally to regular life yeah. that I've ever seen. That, that is a behemoth act of writing that came out at a time when we were much more precious about religion. He's got it. I, I, li- I like that movie a lot. I just want to see it happen again. Yeah. So we'll see. Fingers yeah. crossed. I'm with you, though. He's good in this movie. And, and these scenes are kind of a reminder of like, oh, yeah, you were, you were a lot of fun at one point. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. And it's funny. I'm watching. I'm like, shit, he's probably the exact same age there that I am now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. crazy. Yep. Um. <laughs> I, th- I think I have run the tank on my diamond yeah. thoughts. I am I am out of juice. Yeah. I feel like um, that's where it's at. That's all right. We I, honestly we got a lot of good discussion out of this movie. Like yeah, more, I was more surprised. than I, I thought, thought we when were I run out at an hour and be like, me, well, it's a fun action movie. <laughs> me too, man. I, I was so one because I was so disappointed. This this really fell in my esteem more than yeah. Any movie I could think of recently. And I think we figured you and I just through our discussion, I think it helps suss out like exactly yeah. where that feeling is coming from and stuff. But, it, but you know, this was like I, I'm pretty sure this was like a four star movie in my memory. You know what I mean? And and then so so that disappointment, I was like, man, this is going to be tough to talk about. But it was not tough to talk about. No, it was no, no, fun no. to talk about. To me, this is like a huge experiential suge- suge- success. It is yes. a blast 
to watch. Yes. Um, but I think in talking about it, it 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 made it clear to me why this is not a legendary action movie. The way right. that the like the first three are totally. classics for a reason. And whereas this one I might put on before some of the others if i was tasked with picking one to watch now i hear you there's a reason why this is considered the way it is yeah and even though i think it's better than most people consider it i yeah. think that the way it's considered is 100 fair right, right and in discussing it like i'm able to see even further why that is the case yeah, you know yeah. like I, I think that that's that's there's well, some truth I, there. I, I, I wanted to be careful that I didn't come in here to like fully like poo poo it and like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. ruin your experience with it. I, you know, I I wanted to be careful to to still ain't nothing gonna ruin my experience yeah. with the movie. I I like what I like. I, I wanted no to still try and enjoy it, you know, because I yeah, think, yeah. you know it's like there's still there there is still stuff to enjoy about it, and I also think it's just like that's the nature of what this is. We're just commenting on movies. This, is a, this movie yeah. doesn't have any responsibility to be like socially responsible about any of the stuff yeah, that yeah, I found yeah. upsetting. You know what I mean? It just And honestly yeah. the the social responsibility stuff of it to me was was less of a like, ooh man, this movie's dated and yeah. more of a like, wow, it's amazing what things looked like 14 years ago yeah. as compared yeah. to now. Yeah, that's one thing looking back on any movie, you just look back and go like, oh man, that's that's you know different. Like like uh fucking they're constantly in, in like the original Bill and Ted. They're using the F slur to one another yes, yep, in yep. comedy. And like you watch it, and you go, okay, that's funny. Like I get it. Like, yep. like they're, they're both, the joke is that they're, they're both clearly in love with one another, but then they're freaked <laughs> yes. out by it. Yes. But in hindsight, you go, oh yeah, that's a joke now that we would have to, we'd write that differently now. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I'm not going to say like, oh, you couldn't do that joke anymore. Yes, you right. could. You would just write, you'd have to write around it in a different yep. way, yep. which is, 99% of the time the case when it comes to things like that yeah but it's fascinating to look back and be like oh that yeah. was 30 years ago and now there's a little more work involved in that joke yeah yeah and yeah. so and so like even looking at something 14 years ago you go oh man look at that that's like you know like we we would we would spend a little bit more time on that now you know it's it's just fascinating I think it's yeah. it's fascinating I'm with you um so our next episode, I think we're going to do uh, best movies of the year thus far. Yeah, I I am a little intimidated by this. Not okay. going to lie. Um, I mean, I, I I can do a list. So but like, I feel like I have not seen a ton this year just because we're still eking our way out of quarantine. I'm with that you. said, I think that's a fun thing about this list so that's I'm why it. i want to yeah. do it i actually yeah. i had the dude i went through the same waffle in my own head when i was like should we do that or should we not do that i was like i mean the pool of movies this year is so different than they've been in years past and that's why i'm like hesitant but then i'm like no but that's the reason to do it we'll never yeah. have another year like this one it's a it's an odd pool of movies that will make these like interesting fun lists um and you know what off the top of my head now as i think about it like I can rock you my top five right now. I, I actually could yeah. too. I, I thought about that too. And I actually think I've got some solid stuff. It's like, it's not like there's, it's not like there's nothing to work with here. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just an interesting pool. It's a much different pool than we're used to, I think. And I think after quarantine where, cause like something changed fundamentally in me in quarantine was like, before that I tried to see everything that came out. Yep. Now it's like, well, if I don't want to see it, I'm just not going to see it. I don't give yep. a shit, you know? Yep. And so this list now is going to be partially what's the best of what I've seen, as well as 
what have I even chosen to see? Yeah, yes. You know, yes. Or, or what have I had access to? Yeah. You know, and, and so I think that that'll add an element to it. So yeah, I, let's, let's do that next week. Let's awesome. do our top tens of the year thus far. Awesome. I'm into that. I'm excited. 2021. Um, yeah. Uh, 2K21. You got anything else you want to throw on the table here? Are you ready to uh, do plugs and wrap this sucker up? Yeah, I, I'll throw this uh, two things. One, if you're listening to this, you should go see a movie that's coming out called Sola. Oh, yeah, dude. I keep hearing about this. Dude, it's cool. I, I can't promise you'll love it, but like in terms of direction, yeah, there's some cool directing here. Okay, and cool. uh, the the filmmaker, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's like it's spelled like Janixa, but it's, okay. I think it's like Janisha, Janisha Bravo. Okay. Uh, a lot of her short films are on Criterion Channel right now. Oh, cool. Uh, there's one called Gregory Go Boom which take 15 minutes out of your life and watch it. You absolutely will not regret it. Okay, it it's awesome. You should watch it tonight. You're going to love okay. it. It stars Michael Sarah. Cool. I actually had no idea that she used to be married to Brett Gelman. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so like she has a movie that she made with him in it that I'm going to seek out now because I enjoyed Zola so much. Is it Lemon? Yes. Okay. I wanted to see that. That looked yeah. really weird and interesting. It's she's on she's on some trip, man, and it yeah. is uh, Zola's cool, and it, it's based on that famous tweet storm by the right. dancer that got looped up into things. So look up that tweet storm because it's very worth reading. Yeah, uh, take peace in the fact that the woman who wrote it is a producer on this movie, which is like what a great glow up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, I caught that last week, and and it's the kind of movie that uh, it's like that fun, scummy, exciting indeed it is shot on film uh, it's just some weird shit that that i love i love that movies like this have an audience yeah and uh, i i i'm happy to be part of it i think you should too so highly recommend that because and then the, oh go ahead go ahead oh uh, i just and i just want to say uh to the listeners um just as as we're moving forward with this i i have consolidated all of these social media yes. and so uh the Instagram, which is burgeoning, uh, the Twitter is now at movie movie cast. I wanted to try and figure it out. I, I just I want to get rid of the numeric two thing. It's uh, so dude, much, it makes, it's it so to- much easier. Totally makes sense. Yeah. So move at movie movie cast, and that also applies to movie movie cast at gmail.com. So if you want to contact us, those are the venues with which you should do it. And just keep your eyes peeled. One clean name everywhere that you don't have to fucking explain to people. It's, it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why it took this long, but yeah. uh, I had a, a moment of inspiration and decided to pull that trigger. So if you are looking to contact us, that is the way to do it. Um, everything is the same otherwise, but at Movie Movie Cast is where you will find I Like to Movie Movie. On your uh, quick tip of recommending something new to people, uh, I I think technically this is like under embargo right now, so I didn't even really write that much about it. And all I will say is the new movie Till Death which oh, is I hear that's the, cool. Yeah, the new Megan Fox movie is really good. I had a great time watching this movie and maybe the best thing about it is just that it's it it is the movie you might be afraid a late Megan Fox hasn't made a movie in a while and now she's back movie will be but it's tricking you into thinking that's what it is and then turns and turns and turns you know it's like you, you spend a little while being like, oh, man, is this going to be disappointing? And then it fucking starts ramping up and she's terrific in it. It's a I'm lot ready of fun. for the uh, for the Fox Assance. Yeah, it's, it's she's a badass. I like her. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people are already calling it, you know, Jennifer's body, too, which 
doesn't actually mean anything because it's not really related to that movie in any particular way. But I think it's related in exactly what you just described. Exactly. Though. I think exactly. so many people sat down for Jennifer's body and were like, I know what I'm getting. And then it was like, oh, no, this is actually like legitimately a really great movie. Yeah. Uh, so till death, uh, I recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun and it, it's coming out really soon. So people should check it out. I, right I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I definitely would have checked it out. And uh, yeah, okay. So you plugged the social media for stuff. You can find me uh, places on the internet at Philadelphia. It's with an F. Uh, follow my letterbox and check out my other podcast, Killer Bees, Killer BS Podcast. We just put out an episode on Peter Weller. <sighs> Robocop. Dude. Robocop. You, you, everybody's got to see this movie, Shakedown. Shakedown yeah, is a terrific movie that people got to seek out. It's so fun. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, yep. You can find me at Dan Scully on all of the things. Uh, my Instagram, though, is under Scully Vision, which will coordinate with my portfolio, which you should see launching in about a week or so on Love the it. interwebs. Working on that. Uh, check out my other show, Hot Property. Uh, I believe that is all. That's it. We're good. Hell yeah. Um, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like, like to movie. movie. I don't know why I did that with the scissors. It was just, they were there.